Yo, what's up? It's time for Rebreak Radio episode 16. Today we're going to talk about Horizon Zero Dawn, The Frozen Wilds, my impressions of it specifically. Uh, we're going to talk about how Rocket League is running on Nintendo Switch, and also some general Switch news, and a lot of Star Wars news. So, um, today I am joined by Oscar. Hello! I am here also, yes. <laughs> you are also. That's here. not correct English. <laughs> you are it usually also gets here better along the way. <laughs> you're yeah. just you're just here, like you you're just here. You're just hanging around. I'm in cyberspace, you know, <laughs> just between somewhere between reality and uh, and com- the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing well. Uh, yeah. So I I, I mean. All things considered, it's pretty good. How are you? How are you? Yeah, I'm I'm doing doing pretty well. Um, was playing some Rocket League on Switch before. We're gonna talk about that later. But first, we're gonna talk about Horizon Zero Dawn: The Frozen Wilds. Yeah. Oh, and I'm gonna turn off my phone. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn: The Frozen Wilds is the DLC pack for Horizon Zero Dawn. And uh yeah, it's uh I, I guess yeah, I, so we Horizon really, Zero Dawn is like yeah, we haven't really talked about Horizon Zero Dawn on the show, so I guess I'm going to just going to quickly summarize my thoughts on Horizon. Um yeah. so I I like the game. Uh, I actually uh, yeah, I I really like the story a lot. Uh and the gameplay is really cool. Uh, specifically the enemy design, like the um, uh, like the robot dinosaurs oh, yeah. in the game, uh, I really like those a lot. Um, you have to think a lot about, you have to like think about tactics, and you have to be quick on your feet and think about different strategies and how you take how to take them down. Uh, they're really fun to battle, uh, and uh, I think uh, some of the things that I really don't like about the game is the fact that it's an RPG. And those the uh, I think the game shines pretty much throughout the entire thing, except when you hit the RPG elements. The RPG elements that's are, like it has perk trees and and other things. Yeah, uh, I I when I talk about Horizon, I usually uh, compare it to Breath of the Wild because they're very comparable. But um, Horizon Zero Dawn has a lot of similar um like skills to uh link in uh, well yeah Aloy in Horizon Zero Dawn has a lot of similar skills to link in Breath of the Wild. And uh like for example you can in Breath of the Wild you can do like a stealth attack to kill an enemy who hasn't seen you. You can um you can use different items. You can um get like get slow motion in the air and all of this stuff. Like there are a lot of like different uh, features in in Breath of the Wild. Uh, the the that are all that are already unlocked from the beginning, or if they aren't unlocked from the beginning, you have unlocked them within the first forty five hours, basically, forty five minutes. I mean, yeah. Uh, the I'm problem. Just get my share. <laughs> yeah. The problem. Sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. Uh, the problem with Horizon Zero Dawn is that everything is uh, locked behind a skill tree, which I don't like. So, for example, you have this like professional uh hunter that you're playing as right like she's really good at what she's doing but for some reason she can't kill people 
when they haven't seen you, so you have to unlock that in a skill tree. It's <laughs> it's just dumb. I don't understand this point of skill trees. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, um, it's kind of like you're stabbing somebody in the back, and and then the the guy that was stabbed is asking you like, do you have this? Uh, have you perk? unlocked this skill yet? You're like, no. <laughs> now like, I have seen you. <laughs> yeah, I am not going to die from this. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. also just this section that I'm at right now in the DLC, like this bandit camp, where you're supposed like there are a bunch of human enemies. Like the, the human en enemies are really boring. I'm gonna get to why uh, they're boring to fight because it's so RPG. You can shoot someone in the head with a fucking hardpoint arrow and they mm -hmm. won't die. It's just like Skyrim, then. It fucking sucks. I hate it so much. Like, I get this, like, yeah. awesome arrow shot, like, pew, and fucking right in the head, and he doesn't die. Yeah. And these are, like, arrows that you use to shoot, like, mecha dinosaurs. Yeah, exactly. You can the, kill... Because this game is about mecha dinosaurs and killing them, so... Yeah, you can take down a fucking robot T-Rex with this arrow. Obviously, more of multiple of those arrows, but it makes sense when it's a large creature. But when you shoot a human in the head... With a hard point arrow, he should die. He's, just walk it off, man. Just walk it yeah. off. I just think it's. Uh, I I just think it's really stupid because, like, e e games should make sense. Like, and I think RPG elements really don't make sense. But we've talked about this a lot. So let's. But yeah, those are basically my, my simple thoughts about Horizon. I thought it was a great game, but the RPG elements, really hurt it in the long run. In my opinion. Mm. So, yeah. But the Frozen Wilds is basically just more of the same. It has a lot of new... Actually, not a lot. It has three new um, monsters. Oh, one of them is, like, this kind of fire... This, like, like big fire lion. Like, if if you played Horizon, it's kind of like the Sawtooth. But now it's, it's a lot of fire on it. So... And it's, like, super fast. And... Like, mm. like two hits from it and you're dead. Um, it's really hard to, to battle, and it's fun to battle it. Um, I do, however, think that a lot of the RPG elements are kind of coming in more in this DLC for some reason. Like, I don't really know why, but I feel like... Um, it feels like, at that point, when you are in an RPG, and you're entering one mm. of these points that you're not supposed to go to because they're higher level than you. Yeah, but the problem... and then they just crush you because they're, like, you haven't gotten to their level, so they basically just kill you in one hit. Yeah, exactly. And even though Horizon has a leveling system, it's only, like, more mm. dedicated to progression than your power. I don't think you actually get stronger anytime in-game, except when you buy uh, uh, stronger weapons. So, I, I feel like this is, like, this... And maybe I'm just uh, worse at the game since I haven't played it in a while, but I, I don't know, it just... <laughs> It just feels like they are overpowered um, to me. Mm. But maybe I just need to spend more time with it. But yeah, um, to me, they just kind of feel overpowered. They, it feels like they've made... Um, there, there is this kind of plot point that's surrounding everything that is like this daemon mm. or something that is making all the, all the monsters stronger. And honestly, I don't think it was necessary. Mm. I, don't, I don't think you need to make... There was no point in making the monsters stronger. They were already strong and uh, menacing in the original game so uh yeah yeah 
another problem I have with the game is that in the Frozen Wilds, which is this new area, um, or it's actually called the Cut, but whatever, uh, it's obviously snow everywhere, and uh, it's basically a snowstorm at all times. <laughs> And it makes it Even impossible. Even the name, I guess it makes sense. Yeah, it makes it impossible to see anything. And mm. uh, for anyone who's like, spent like uh, some time in Breath of the Wild, for instance, will know that uh, Breath of the Wild is uh, the world in Breath of the Wild is so brilliantly designed because there are mm. uh, viewable. Um, uh, is it landmarks. like uh, waypoints, like? Uh... Yeah, the, the towers. Or the, uh, there are there are viewable landmarks in Breath of the Wild. Like you can all like just get up on something and you can see you can see the the volcano. You can see uh, the snow mountain. You can see the desert. Like you can always navigate mm. the world by just looking at what's around you, and that is completely impossible in in this world because of the snowstorm. And mm. I think it would have been I. I don't know, maybe I just haven't played it enough, but I feel like the snow never goes away. It might be some different levels of snow, but I never feel yeah. like I, I see any kind of um, landmarks that I can navigate with. Um, and it's really annoying because I have to use the waypoints all the time. Does, uh, does Horizon Zero Dawn have like a survival system where you have to keep warm or is it just like, it's just no, visually it annoying? Yeah, it's just visual. Mm. Uh, snow is really cool. I know that's one thing that Breath of the Wild yeah. do have. It's like a temperature thing, and that also makes like it a bit more interesting when you're actually in a cold environment. It it's not only visually; it actually is hurting you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, on that point of waypoints uh, that I kind of forgot when I summarized my view of the original game. If you look at uh, so Horizon is kind of a mix between something like Breath of the Wild and something like Uncharted. There are like some more kind of linear points of the game where you go into like a building and you're like climbing the building or something. It's very similar to Uncharted. Difference between Horizon and Uncharted is that Uncharted though it doesn't have any waypoints. You're just kind of exploring on your own and finding your own way through. While Horizon is like, go this way, go this way, go this way, go this way. You're mm-hmm. like, I know I'm supposed to go that way because there's literally oh, no other way to go. But you're just telling me to go this way constantly. And there is just no freedom for me to explore. Or, like, when I explore, it feels more like I'm forcing myself to explore rather than the game allowing me to explore and giving me some space to explore, you know? Yeah. And even I though in a game me. like Uncharted, there isn't, like, a lot to explore. Like, if you go too far off off the course, you'll just hit the wall, you know? But, like, it's still allowing mm. you to find your way through, even though there may only be one way through. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. Just just like walking around can be exciting or it can be just like get to point A, no point B from point A. It's it's really about how you design the the game. Yeah. And um and the environments. Yeah, so that that's kind of been annoying me and I've I've I haven't been playing the game a lot because the RPG elements are really annoying me this time around for some reason and mm. they didn't in in uh in the original game, so I don't I don't know why I'm getting more annoyed with them right now. I think we're like very negative when we come to this these kinds of games. We're like we focus on the bad things. Maybe we should try, like. What do you think was good about this expansion? Yeah, like obviously I'm not done with it at all yet. Um, but uh, my impressions like so far is that yeah, the story is cool. Like the characters are cool. 
uh, Aloy is just the same, like, fun um, and kind of sarcastic character that she was in the first game, in the original. So, uh, yeah, like, she's a great character still. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, the, the monster battles are still fun and exciting and hard mm. and all this stuff. And the world around you, like, when you actually get to the interesting point after following the waypoints, you get <laughs> to the interesting points of the world, and that's where the world re really shines. It's just that the exploration of the world isn't fun. But yeah, like the mm. game, it's a still a great game. And if you have uh, Sierra Dawn, you should get this. And uh, if you if you feel like you didn't get your full Horizon fix with the real game. So yeah, it's more yeah. Horizon. If, whether you liked it or not, it's <laughs> more Horizon. That sounds good. Yeah. So just some quick thoughts on Rocket League for Nintendo Switch. Um, similarly, this is like the uh, best game, uh, but this is like one of the the like we have the games that just come out for every console and it just works. And this is like Minecraft and Rocket League. Yeah, they're like become some of the staple games of uh, the modern age. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So Rocket League on Switch is it's Rocket League. It's just straight up Rocket League, just as you remember it on Footballs every other, and any cars. other platform. Yeah. Run, runs at 60 frames per second. I have not noticed any frame rate drops. Only, like, I think <laughs> I saw some frame rate drops in, like, the main menu, but it's, like, not during gameplay. Um, some, I, I, there are very noticeable visual downgrades, but the, uh, the resolution itself isn't bad, I think. There are some aliasing and stuff like that. Um, the Switch version does not have the dynamic grass that the uh, that the other versions have, but like, who the fuck cares? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you can definitely see some aliasing yeah. in in the distance, but the ball is big enough that you can always see it at all times. So um, mm. it's definitely it's a functional version of Rocket League, and it's a great version of Rocket League. Um, that yeah just looks a little bit you, worse you, but that's kind of the the trend with switch games it's you're kind of trading the graphics for the portability so yeah i think this is kind of a thing also that when when it comes to graphics sometimes games implement like like maybe half of the processing power this is just uh science out of my like it's not really scientific but Sometimes it's like, yeah, we implemented God Rays and made grass better. So now it's twice as demanding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't really impact the game much. It's just like, yeah, uh, the, the game has very good shadows. So now it's like super, super heavy on the, on the, on the processor. Yeah. Exactly. Sometimes a downgrade is not really a big deal. It's like dynamic grass. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would imagine that like the biggest... Uh when it comes to like asset making i'm sure like the 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 most job they had to do was actually making grass textures because they had dynamic grass <laughs> in the original game <laughs> yeah and that's like the, the cars and the the like the gameplay is what people like anyway yeah and that's Foot, the... football with cars that's amazing yeah going into the switch version i was a bit worried that um the fact that the switch none none of the switch controllers have analog triggers, which are obviously very important for car games. Uh, but I didn't think I didn't feel it was a problem here at all. Um, 
you're either not um, accelerating or you are accelerating fully. And if you want some kind of speed in between, you just kind of tap it a little bit and yeah, it works fine. Uh, mm. So no problems there at all. I also tried playing using, using a single Joy-Con and obviously it was a little bit awkward, like accelerating and uh, braking with the, the tiny, tiny little triggers that are on it. Um, mm. You know, we played the snipper clips, um, so you know kind of what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was pretty fun though. Yeah, but it's it's not optimal to play with like more demanding games are difficult with one Joy. Yeah, Joy-Con. Uh, it's not optimal, but that's kind of the case with the with the single Joy Cons. It's not the optimal way for, to play, but it, it is a way to play. It is a way for you. Does to this game have local have... multiplayer? Yeah, so uh, the game has uh, split screen multiplayer. I think up to four players. Uh, I I know it's oh, two, I know really good. I know there's support for two at least. I think there should be up to four. I don't know why there wouldn't be. Um, mm. And there is also exclusive exclusive to the Switch version. There is local multi system multiplayer. So if you have multiple Switch okay. units with Rocket League on it, you can wirelessly play multiple players. That's really good. Yeah. That's something that like many games doesn't have is local multiplayer and with Switch it's just perfect with the the Joy-Cons because you can play like you don't need more than one controller and you can play two people. So that's amazing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We just... also talked about about like uh how how it can be uh you can play with people on the PS4 and like uh No, you can't play uh, with the people PC. on PS4. Only PC and Xbox One. Oh yeah. Uh, and that is oh, yeah. because Sony PS4 are being, is the exception. Yeah, that's because PlayStation are being bitches about crossplay. So they don't want to be part of the uh, future. <laughs> <laughs> I see, yeah. But yeah, um like, you can play like with everyone else. you can play with PC players, next to home players. I don't know how you set up a game with a PC player or anything like that. I don't know if it's only um like in in like random matchmaking that you're set up against uh people on our platforms or anything like that but uh yeah um i don't know how that works yet but there should at least should be support because they've said said it and they've marketed it so if you're interested in that you can go research that further yeah yeah also uh lastly on the uh rock league for switch topic um there are two um, there are two uh, exclusive cars to the Switch version. So you have the Mario slash Luigi car, which will be Mario on the orange team and Luigi on the blue team. Then you also have the Samus car, or more Samus gunship, and it will be uh, designed after the classic Varia suit on the orange team, and it's designed after Zero Suit Samus on the blue team. Hmm. So yeah, I thought that was a really yeah. creative way to do different colors on on Samus. Yeah, Nintendo likes to do this thing where they they make like Mario or Nintendo uh, themed costumes for characters, or in this case, like uh, I guess specialized cars. Yeah. In their games on the Switch or any other console, it's it's really. I mean, it's it's a fun thing, I guess. It's not a big deal, but it's it's fun. I think it's a great way to motivate uh, developers to bring their games to the Switch by saying, like, oh, if you bring our game to the Switch, you can have some kind of Mario thing in it or something, you know? 
because there are a yeah. lot of the game developers that are Nintendo fans, even though they may not be on Nintendo platforms. Hmm. That's that's actually true. I didn't think about that, but of course, game developers love Nintendo. That's what we've been growing up with. Yeah. Or at least the people Mario. that grew up with the right games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not the the wrong wrong games. The the good kind of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, let's move on to the news stories. So, the structure of today's show is going to be a little bit different. Uh we didn't have any major topics to talk about today. Uh, so we're simply going to take a few news stories and just kind of go through them. So um, so the first one was that Nintendo is reportedly upping Switch production to 25 to 30 million units in 2018. Woo! That's insane. I'm, I'm gonna go... Like if they, if, if Nintendo sells all of these uh all of these units units in 2018 that means they have um like theoretically passed uh the xbox one yeah uh, the xbox one has like uh, 30 million sales since too late 2013 i think yeah uh, uh but that's like several years of of sales yeah so since microsoft yeah. is like the quote-unquote losing uh company in in the um, in in console, yeah, in the war. console war, yeah, they don't like to share their their sales numbers. But uh, Sony recently announced their their shipping numbers to be sixty five million. That's good. Uh, so that's, that's the good amount of uh, <laughs> that's the amount of units they've shipped, not sold through. So I would assume that sold through is somewhere between sixty and sixty five million. I would guess. Mm. Um, and reports from a lot of third parties, uh, third party sources, not necessarily third party developers, um, mm. say that, uh, the PlayStation to Xbox one sales ratio is two to one. Yeah. It's, it's probably something like that. I think Xbox is about 30 million now. Yeah. So yeah, the general consensus is PlayStation 4, 60 million, Xbox one, 30 million. And that means that if, if Nintendo reaches 30 million units in 2018 that means they've passed yeah. xbox one in let's see yeah less yeah, than that half would be the time really impressive yeah i mean less I, than I, half I read the, the article, time that's crazy and they say that they're they're aiming for about 70 million in may so i guess we'll see then if they have actually reached like the half point goal yeah uh but that would be really even if they don't make it uh, in 2018 it's it's i mean it seems likely to me that they'll probably pass the Xbox one yeah. in 2019 yeah yeah uh it's uh, it's crazy how well the switch is uh, switch is selling but yeah mm. they have to make like a scorpio version or a, a pro version of the switch later that has a 4k <laughs> no, i do think though because of uh like the Switch is using like the Tegra processor, NVIDIA's Tegra processor, and that mm. is obviously based on like mobile technology and also modern desktop uh, technology. So I think the fa- I think the Switch is very likely to be. It's very possible for Nintendo to actually make more, uh, to make a, a better version of the Switch that is backwards compatible with the older games, mm. uh, just by nature of it being the same kind of hardware. Yeah, they probably just have to like make it like upgrade the graphics card and and other processors. Yeah. 
So I, I would imagine we, we will see something like that in the future. But that's the topic for another day. Mm. So uh, next up here is um, Grezzo. Weird new Zelda game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Grezzo, the development studio behind the 3DS remakes of Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, uh, are recruiting people for a new project uh, that is using Unreal Engine 4. And so on uh, the, uh, the website for Grezzo, they uh, the banner of the article or what what to say about it is would you like to make a legend together too mm. and um that was the same term or a similar term as they used when they were hiring people for majora's mask 3d and then they said uh would you like to make a legend together so so now it's like it's the second one it's would you like to make a game too and then it's not only two, it's like the number two. Yeah, it's literally also. a number two. Um, so... Majora's Mask 2. So obviously, <laughs> um, since Gresso has made... They've made two Zelda remakes previously. They... Um, they have, have this kind of weird banner term in their, um, in their website that very closely relates to Majora's Mask. And the project is also called Legend. So these are three clues to the fact that this is most likely a Zelda game. Yes. So the question is, and they're specifically also, they're specifically looking for C++ programmers with experience in Unreal Engine, as well as 3D character uh, and map modelers. So, um, I mean, and, and also, uh, before we speculate on it, uh, what is very important to note as well is that the last game that Grezzo did was a 3, 3DS RPG called Ever Oasis that was not connected to the Zelda games at all. So what do you yeah, think? Yeah, so it's it, possible that they will make something new too. Yeah, so what do you think this uh, this is? I think it's unlikely uh, that it's a Zelda game because I can't really think of what Zelda game it would be. I mean, it would be a completely new one, I guess. Yeah, that's the question, right? Like, what game would they be remaking if they're remaking a game? You know? Yeah. And for would it be for the Switch? Or would it be for... Yeah, I uh, mean... For 3DS? No, it can't be for 3DS. This is an Unreal Engine game. The 3DS oh, yeah, can run Unreal <laughs> Engine. I think we, we spoke a bit about this earlier and it's also very surprising that they're actually using the Unreal Engine because when Nintendo makes games they usually Yeah, they have I've in, never seen they Nintendo have internal engines. Them. They don't really use commercial engines. Ever. Mm. So this is really something unheard of to me. Yeah, um so my speculation on this is that uh they started making the Zelda remakes. Mm. Uh, of course. And then they've also done some other contract work for Nintendo. Uh, specifically, mm. they, I think they made like two of the mini games in Street Pass. Um, <laughs> We're getting to like some really like detailed information yeah. that people that only are like super Nintendo fans know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but then they got the opportunity to make their own game, Ever Oasis. So my speculation on this is the fact that they started as a remake studio. So, and they kind of proved mm. themselves in showing like, yeah, look, we can make a competent game. 
but this is with a blueprint of a previous game, right? So then they got the opportunity mm. to make their own game, which was Ever Oasis. So now the question is, um, was Maybe Ever Oasis new... was Ever Oasis a test for them uh, to make an entirely original Zelda game? Hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe they're making a new Zelda game, or maybe they're making something that's completely new. Maybe it will be a main a mainstay for the Nintendo uh, Nintendo like series of games. Yeah, maybe it's like Nintendo clone, <laughs> the legend of the the mask. Uh, I mean, and it's it might be great. I mean, but it's it's difficult to tell. I'm I'm no expert on these kinds of things. Yeah. So the reason I why I, was... I don't think it is an original game is the fact that Nintendo already has two development studios making uh, making Zelda games, uh, mm. and that is they have their major Zelda studio, which makes the console games. And they have their uh, their smaller Zelda studio, which makes the handle games. But uh, I think Eiji Aonuma uh, confirmed the fact that the next quote-unquote handheld Zelda game would still be a Switch game. Or mm. at least he alluded so, to it. So if there is like a so sequel no to Link Between Worlds, it would be on Switch. Mm, no more 3DS Zelda games. Yeah, 3DS is basically discontinued when it comes to new games, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think we saw a lot of new games for, be announced for 3DS um like this uh, uh this year, but I think next year we're going to see like the last few 3DS games because Nintendo has seen what a huge mm. success the Switch is. Uh like mm. there's no way there's no reason for them to make 3DS games anymore. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, they had to move on eventually. This is probably it, so. Yeah. But Zelda's I I mean it would be nice to see. I, I wouldn't be angry if they had make like a, another new Zelda game. I don't think you would be either. It would we wouldn't be very annoyed with that. Everybody loves Zelda. Yeah. It's like there is not like not everyone likes Mario, but everybody likes Zelda basically, I guess. <laughs> um so Okay, that's probably not true. So what do you think uh okay, so if we have to say that this is a remake, what game would it they be remaking? Uh, Oracle of Ages or Oracle of Seasons, maybe. It's possible. Or uh, Link's Awakening, something for the Game Boy, maybe. That's, yeah. I think that would be pretty likely because those are so outdated. Yeah, it's possible. What do you think? Uh, yeah, like I've been thinking a lot about it, and uh, yeah, like if you look at the nature of of the Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time remakes. They were full content remakes. Like, they were full remakes. Mm. They were not remasters like uh, Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD. Those were remasters mm. uh, that kind of had some texture work and stuff like that. Like, these were yeah. complete remakes. So, I don't see why Nintendo would hire them to, for example, remaster uh, Skyward Sword. No, it's, it's, all, it's also kind of soon, I guess. Yeah, uh, I I mean it makes sense because Twilight Princess and and Wind Waker has actually been, been remade. But yeah, I, I get your point. Yeah. Yeah, like I I don't know what this could be. Like, could it be uh, the the DS games? Uh, you mean like Phantom Hourglass and the train one? Yes, Spirit <laughs> Tracks. Like, could it be some kind of? Uh, because if you had if you were to remake them, you had to you need to like fundamentally change the gameplay. So. Maybe that's mm. why they're hiring them for this. <laughs> I yeah. mean, basically, I think you're probably... Like, when you said Skyward Sword, that's probably more likely because 
it has this interesting mechanic with the sword play and that i mean that's at least possible with the new uh joy-con controllers yeah but that would the, still be a port style... job though right a port port a port and it wouldn't be like a complete remake which is something that it seems like gresso is the ones doing yeah exactly they wouldn't remake that in unreal engine yeah <laughs> No, that would be weird. Yeah, that's the weird thing too. Like, I don't think Nintendo would want their Zelda games to be in Unreal Engine as well, right? Like, it has to be a new yeah, IP, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's that's probably the like the thing that mostly points towards being it being a new IP. Yeah. Because that's just very uncanny of Nintendo to to make something in Unreal Engine. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, it will be very interesting to see what it is um and we'll uh and yeah we're looking forward to seeing what it could be but yeah uh the next uh story here is also related to uh nintendo switch and that is that the factor five president uh julian egbrecht he was on uh, nintendo voice chat ign's nintendo podcast and he talked about Mm. star wars rogue squadron rogue leaders for wii (laughs) yeah that's that's the long title so if you're unfamiliar with this game it was cancelled it was uh, a cancelled game and Factor 5 were the ones making the Rogue Squadron games on like N64 and Gamecube Uh, so yeah Mm. they were gonna make this new uh, Wii game and it got cancelled but apparently from what like he is saying, I mean, it, it, this was basically uh, their Mona Lisa. Like this was their best game, mm. and it got cancelled. We've seen some footage. It it's like contained. The original Rogue Squadron games are like space fighters. Yeah. You you basically fly around an X wing or other spaceship and fight. Do like iconic Star Wars battles. Uh, but this we uh, I mean in the article that we read about this also it's provided a some footage from the cancelled game game and yeah. it's like it contains sword fights that utilize the Nintendo Wii. Yeah, they use uh, the Wii, Wii Motion Plus for one to one mapping, for one to one lightsaber battles. That's something we never saw anyone <laughs> do. Um yeah, but strike yeah. each other with laser pointers. The reason I mean, why uh yes. yeah so the reason why this was brought up in the first place, this game that was cancelled like ten years ago or something uh, is because he wants it to be ported to Switch. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I really want to see that. <laughs> and uh, obviously, if you're, if you're like, um, uh, up to date with what the uh, Star Wars um, legal <laughs> situation is right <laughs> now, is that, yeah, Disney owns Lucasfilm, and Lucasfilm obviously owns the rights to the games of Star Wars, but EA is currently are currently the ones that are licensed to make Star Wars games. So uh, uh, Julian Egbrecht uh, oh. mentions in the podcast that the way this would uh, would have to go through to be released is that Disney, Lucasfilm, and probably EA <laughs> needs to uh, accept this happening, and then on top mm. of that, uh, Factor Five has to. Uh, bring the back, bring uh, the band back together in order to actually develop uh, the port. <laughs> yeah, it's. It, I mean, it sounds pretty unlikely. Yeah, but where it becomes very likely 
is uh, because uh, EA has mentioned at multiple times that they will be looking at the sales of FIFA 18 on Switch to judge whether mm-hmm. or not they should make uh, Switch games. Um, and mm-hmm. they will be deciding that after, I think they said after the Switch has been out for a year. So that should be in March. Mm. Um, I think it's yeah. a really bad game to judge uh, the demand uh, for, since FIFA uh, it, is a very niche. It had some, it, like, yeah, it was controversial with the multiplayer components and, and whatnot. I think wasn't there like an issue with uh, multiplayer in FIFA eighteen two thousand eighteen? Um, I don't know about that, but the, my uh, my point is that I don't think the Switch audience and the FIFA audience is overlapping that much. Mm, no. You know I mean? So, <laughs> I mean, maybe we're just judging from ourselves because yeah. we're not that football interested. Yeah. But um, it's just an assumption. But yeah, so basically, if EA decides to make games on Switch, that means that in March, mm. a year after the Switch has come out, uh, EA hypothetically um, decides to make Switch games, and all of a sudden, they don't have a single Switch game, and the Switch has been out for a year. What do you do? Yeah. Well, you hire Factor 5 and port this amazing Wii game to Switch. Yeah, that's definitely an option. I mean, there is always the thing... I mean, it is an old game and it's probably going to show, so maybe it's it could be a better idea to just make a new game also. But, I mean... Yeah. If this game is as good as they said, that like, uh, his name was... Julian Agbrecht. Yeah, as, yeah. as Julian says, then then it would be a shame if it wasn't released, I guess. That's what he thinks. Yeah. And I understand that because he probably poured his soul into that, heart and soul. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, he does mention in the podcast also that the graphics that they made uh, for this game are, like, on par with EA's... Uh, the, the graphics, or, or at least the models are on par mm. with the models that EA made in has made in Battlefront. And e- even mm. if you look up the footage, uh, he also mentioned that that is not final at all, and they have the final build where they were able to implement the highest uh, fidelity models. So, so any footage yeah, from really cool. uh, Rogue Leaders Wii uh, does not actually feature the final versions of the graphics either. Hmm. But yeah, uh, I really hope this happens cool. because not only do we need a Star Wars game on Switch, but this is actually <laughs> a game that would fit the platform as well, right? Yeah, you know, exactly. Using the, the what's, I'm sorry, I'm having like a brain freeze. Is it like the nunchucks? No, the Joy-Cons, the Joy-Cons. you can use the Joy-Cons. Yeah, yeah like you exactly. can use the Joy-Cons yeah, so for the lightsaber battles and all this stuff, so. And the exactly. game also supported multiple inputs, uh, multiple uh, sorts of inputs. So you could actually use the classic controller to use in like the space battles and stuff like that. So mm. uh, you would still be able to you play the space battles in like a portable mode or something. Yeah. So I guess where the next topic is also about Star Wars. Yeah. So basically, all the rest of the show is Star Wars. If you don't care about Star <laughs> Wars, I suppose you can leave. <laughs> but yeah. You so don't like Star Wars. And go. <laughs> yeah. So if you are um if you are following up on the gaming industry right now, you know that EA made internet history <laughs> yesterday. Or well yesterday when we record this, but 
uh, basically, um, there was major fan outrage about uh, the microtransaction and loot box nature of um, Battlefront 2's multiplayer, where basically um, there were some calculations done and all that. You need 60,000 credits to unlock either Luke or Darth Vader in the multiplayer. And these are two characters that were like available in the first game for yeah, free, right? In the original, yeah. in the original Battlefront, or well, the first Battlefront that EA made, uh, every hero was unlocked from the beginning. You just had to go into the map mm. and pick up this little icon, and you were able to pick a, a hero. So, um, where where was I? Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, but yeah. In this so game... the the loot boxes and all all the stuff. People made some calculations about how long it would take to gain 60,000 credits. And mm. they came up with 40 hours. 40 hours of that. grinding is needed, was needed Insane. to unlock Luke or Darth Vader. <laughs> and this means during these 40 hours, you cannot spend uh, credits on anything else at all. Um, yeah. Otherwise, it would obviously be a longer wait, a longer <laughs> grind. Um, so yeah, and EA made a response on the Star Wars subreddit, uh, or I think it was Star Wars subreddit, some kind of subreddit re uh, related to Battlefront 2 at least. Um, mm. And they kind of defended uh, the fact that you have to work for it or something like that. Yeah, there is this comment here, I don't, I know like what it means and stuff like that, but I haven't, I don't really care about it. It's not a good comment anyway. Um, <laughs> but basically, this comment reached more downvotes than literally any other downvote in Reddit history. <laughs> so if, yeah. you, if we look here, and yeah, this is actually an older picture because I've seen a more updated picture, but yeah, at the time of writing, this uh, article was written uh, 19 hours ago as we read this, uh, but I have an updated number also. So at the time of writing, the posting had a total score, uh, upvotes up minus downvotes, of a minus uh, 394,000 uh, downvotes. So that means, for perspective, the second most downvoted post had a score of 24,000. So that means not <laughs> oh only... <laughs> this is like Ten the... Times. Yeah, this is like the first post in Reddit history to pass 100,000 uh, downvotes. So, yeah, but I've also seen a picture where it's as high as 500,000 downvotes. So yeah, uh, it's just rising. People, people are really like nowadays. We are keen on noticing when when the game is rigged for you to like pay for it. And I mean, this is kind of a perfect example. Forty hours of gameplay to unlock one of the characters. Yeah, one. Yeah, character. you're not meant to be able to do that without it's, paying. It's no, yeah. you're supposed to pay for, to get that character, and it's basically impossible if you don't pay. So, and that's something that people don't really like and have a, like, we are not supposed to tolerate that either because we've purchased the game and the characters were already available in the first game and now we have to pay for one of the characters. Like, yeah. doesn't make any sense. It's just, it's been programmed uh, to be impossible to, I mean, if you have a life. Yeah to get those characters. Yeah, exactly. Like um and this like this kind of goes back to the all like the all like RPG and progression thing problem that I think the gaming industry has. Like there is a difference between 
uh, like, grinding to get something and just playing the game to get something. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Um, and yeah. this is something, I mean, it's, it's a very good uh, measuring tool to say how many hours it takes to get it because you're probably going to play for at least, like, two or five hours uh, the first week, we say. Yeah. And then you're probably, if you have something that's unlocked after five hours, you're going to get that. But if it's 40 hours, that's insane. Yeah, it's completely insane. And also considering the fact that Star Wars is a more mainstream franchise, that means that people who maybe only get games like FIFA, NHL, Madden every year, and like a Call of Duty game, like they are very likely to get this game, right? So and these are people like maybe like play an hour a week or something like they're so far away from from getting Luke and Darth Vader that it's not <laughs> even a realistic milestone, you know? Yeah. Um, so what what characters are you left with if you don't have like Luke and Darth Vader? Or do you have like the the guy in backstage actor too, or is it like <laughs> there were there are some unlocked characters from the beginning? I believe like Darth Maul and Ray and stuff like that. Uh, some characters like that oh, are, yeah. are unlocked from the beginning. But yeah. Anyway, after this huge backlash, EA responded. Uh, a little bit better this time, and decided to slash the pricing of pretty much all of these really expensive characters, including Luke and Darth Vader, with 75%. Mm. 75% price cut on these characters. So, so that's 10 hours. Yeah, so, so they went from... Uh, Luke and Sky, uh, Luke and uh, Darth Vader went from sixty thousand credits to fifteen thousand credits. Mm. Uh, I still think they shouldn't have to be unlocked, but um, <laughs> I guess it's a better reason. Yeah, I'm just very down yes, on ten hours Star Wars Battlefront in general. I have decided that I'm not gonna buy this game until it's cheap enough for me to buy it sim- uh, solely for the single player campaign. Um. So yeah, just generally very disappointed in EA right now uh, with cancelling, not not just cancelling the Visceral game, but also like the clear mishandling of that game to begin with. And also this just yeah, fucked I mean, up with Battlefront 2. It's probably the mishandling that's actually like you can accuse yeah. uh, like them for because, I mean, cancelling a game that's probably like... Yeah, sometimes you have to cancel games. Yeah, the, Yeah, of course. Like, yeah, the mishandling is the... It's the, the bad part. Um, but yeah, mm. like, when, like, back in, like, 2014 or something, when this uh, deal with, between Lucasfilm and EA was announced, I was really excited. Like, yeah, EA, they're gonna make great games. And Battlefront, the, the original Battlefront, while it was, uh, like, very, uh, very light on content, it was still a great game, and it was a beautiful game at that, too. And... Mm. Now we're just two years after that first game, and I am I have no uh, faith in EA whatsoever at this point. Like, this is horrible. Like they are they are not treating the Star Wars license in a good way, if you ask me. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm probably gonna play uh, Star Wars too. Uh, as you said, uh, you're going to buy it when it's cheap enough to yeah. like that you think it's worth it. And I'm, I know that there's probably a discount coming uh, this uh, December. Yeah, they uh, so they did I'm announce in like uh, in like a uh, in a, like a financial briefing that they're gonna 
discount the game around the launch of uh, The Last Jedi. Yeah. So I'm like, why would I buy it (laughs) if you're going (laughs) to price cut it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably going to buy it for like Swedish national, uh, I don't know, pride or something. Uh, because it's DICE that's been making the game and I've actually uh, been to DICE yeah. and it's, it's cool so I mean I'm probably gonna buy it to check it out uh, and it's probably like a good game but I mean somebody is in charge for these kind of microtransactions I mean there's probably there has to be somebody that says that we should have like don't make the characters available like hide them away so that people have to put in effort or pay for them yeah and I mean that's that's probably the bad part. I don't think the the game is probably good. It's it's just that there's these things that are kind of repulsive. Yeah, my problem with it too is that um I saw a video, I don't I don't remember who shared it, but it was a video about for uh with someone who spent literally as much money as he could in Battlefront 2. Oh. And he goes into a space battle and he literally just mows down everybody. And okay. I'm like they just ruined the multiplayer too. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's possible. Yeah, it sucks. Like he just bought his way to victory, and at that point, I'm like, yeah, I'm not. I don't even want to play this because, like, I'm not gonna spend time in a game where I am at a, at an extreme disadvantage because I don't want to pay money. Like that's yeah. not okay. I mean, it's like you you have football, because that's a game too, and then. You just pay extra money, and then you the other team can't play. They like you. They can't have as many players on the field. Yeah, like there's there's that would a, not make sense. There there is a, a thing for that. Like there are there are some people that do drugs to be better at sports, yeah. and that's illegal. And that's exactly what this is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you have to have some fairness in games because it's supposed to be like somewhat equal. It's not. Games are supposed to be competitive in this nature, this nature of games, at least. Yeah. I mean, then then you can't just allow people to to buy. That would be so disgusting if that happened in real life. If that in like real life sports. Yeah. Just look at a game like Overwatch. Overwatch is the game that that popularized um, loot crates in modern games, and mm. it's all cosmetics. It's all cosmetics. There's nothing about mm. the, act- the actual game being functional that you get in microtransactions in, in, um, in Overwatch. And, uh, and that includes all the characters. All the characters are completely available from the beginning of the game. So, mm. But I've, I really think that this is... I mean, that's a good way to implement micro, uh, microtransactions too. That's better, at least. It's, I, I'm not sure it's good, but it's better than what this is. And I think that's... It seems really it seems like like microtransactions to get things in games are becoming like standard because even in games like Forza Horizon you could buy uh, like car spins and I mean there's no reason why they would have some kind of lottery unless it was like a lottery thing unless it was to, for people to have a reason to like buy buy lottery exchange tickets so they can like get all the cars it's like it's like everyone every game nowadays 
forces some kind of microtransaction mechanic into them, yeah. into the game. It's usually not developed in a good way. It's just like, oh, and also we need to get cash. Yeah, and it also seems like games are designed in a way that it, that it would be possible to do that too, right? Mm, yeah. But yeah. Uh, all right, so let's move on to the next Star Wars topic, which is that... Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Disney has announced that for their upcoming Disney streaming service that they announced like a few like months month ago or something, they will be making a Star Wars TV series, a live action Star Wars TV series. And also around this time, Disney announced that uh, Ryan Johnson, um, the guy who is directing uh, Star Wars Episode Eight will be kind of the um uh like the watcher like the over the overlord <laughs> of uh a new Star Wars trilogy. Mm. So let's talk about uh, the Star Wars trilogy first. What do you think this could be? I mean, it's I think from what I understand about this, this is probably going to be something new and uh, that's hopefully not just the same as i mean we spoke about this and uh, we uh, talked about how this was not going to include the skywalker family right yeah it's not going to have any is that is that a fact or is that just speculation it's a fact it's supposed to be a completely separate trilogy okay yeah then i think we can expect something that's probably more uh like if we think of this uh, trilogy that's being made right now with Rey, yeah. it's it's very similar to the original trilogy, and it's no, uh, yeah, the original trilogy, and it's also connected to it because it's seven years later or something. It's thirty years later, but yeah, <laughs> thirty years later. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm so out of it. Yeah, but it's it's like it's in the same timeline. It's uh, it's con there are some reoccurring characters and uh, the story has similar things going on such as the death star i mean it's like there's like the third death star yeah uh, i mean i hope this trilogy if it's not gonna contain the the skywalker family it's probably gonna be something and that's my hope that it's something different yeah i hope too that it's something completely different my fear is that they're gonna be like oh let's make the original trilogy again but with new characters mm -hmm yeah another trilogy yeah. that's just like the first one yeah then we have like three of them three trilogies that are similar yeah. um but let's see uh i'm i'm hoping it's set in like the prequel era honestly yeah i really like cool. the prequel era um a lot of people don't like the prequel era i think the major problem with the prequel era is the fact that George Lucas was a little bit weird with like how the movies were put together, but I think if you were to set like a new trilogy of movies in this era of Star Wars with modern technology, mm. modern CG, modern practical effects, and all of this stuff, I think it would look extremely cool, and I think it would be a, a really cool world to to uh, come back to. Yeah, because let's be honest. I mean the the prequel era. With the Jedi Council and the, the Clone Wars and everything. I mean, 
it kind of is more interesting than the era that is the original trilogy or the era that is uh, the new trilogy with Rey. If we, I mean, because if we look at the the original trilogy, I mean, basically there is not much going on around the scenes that I remember at least. It's yeah. like they blow up the Death Star and it's Darth Vader and it's it's the Emperor. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's all about these people. There's nothing going on around them, basically. Nothing of importance yeah. happening. While in this, in this like. A massive world that the that the prequel era is in, like there's always something happening everywhere, right? Because it's yeah, yeah, it's there's not like, like a desolate world borders. like the original trilogy is, you know. <laughs> no, not exactly. It's like uh, the original fairly trilogy. I can't speak. Is a space feeder. It's like you get these scenes and everything works out in the end. Yeah. But in the in the prequels, you have politics and. And wars going on in the background, and you still follow the characters, but yeah. it's it's not like every scene contain the characters you're following. And I thought that was such a missed opportunity in in Force Awakens too. Like they talk about this new republic and all that, but we we mm. only see them once when their planet is <laughs> is destroyed. <laughs> One yeah. of their planets uh, is destroyed. Well. So yeah, and we don't really know anything about them. And even the evil, uh, like the, the the bad guys, weren't especially interesting too. They were bad guys. You didn't get to know anything about their... I mean, okay, I, I usually say too much. I, I can't provide proof for this. But there wasn't much culture. Yeah. Um, or like reasoning behind them being bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I th- I hope the, the the future movies will be kind of give give more context to the Force Awakens, but yeah, yeah, it's really hard to kind of speculate what it could be because we really have nothing other than yeah, it won't be Skywalker's. But yeah, I would like it to be mm. a prequel um, era, or like before. Yeah, it would obviously be like before the prequel era. Um, yeah, at the same time, it would be nice if it was like in the future, because then. It's not you don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, that would be cool too. Uh, to they would they would have it would be an entirely new frontier there, right? Mm. Um, because a lot of the movies, like uh, the the last one, was a prequel to the first uh, uh, Star Wars movie. So we've had a lot of prequels. So if I don't think I don't know if they've announced when these movies are supposed to come out, but you'd assume that they come out after episode nine, right? Yeah, I hope so. Otherwise, it'll be really confusing. Yeah, and at that point, like people are not gonna understand what what the chronological order of things are. Yeah, and at that point, the uh, the conflict has probably been resolved, right, with the first order mm-hmm. and all of that. So at that point, you would be able to set this new trilogy in in a world that is at peace. And and there's a new fight happening. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting uh, because we've also like talked a lot about Star Wars and how there's three movies that's like this. There's this trilogy trilogy going on now, and now there's going to be another after this probably. And there's also the anthology and, movies. Yeah, exactly. That's like in between the current movies. Yeah. So there's like never ending. I mean, the trilogy isn't even 
completed yeah. and we're we're now we're getting announcements that it's there's going to be another one yeah so yeah to kind of uh kind of summarize it like we have the new trilogy we have another new trilogy we have a new tv show that's coming out we have the rebels <laughs> animated tv show as well we have books that are released all the time yeah and the, the anthology movies like there's so much yeah. and also star wars games so yeah there's so much star wars content like the question is like is there too much is there too much star wars yeah can can there be too much is it too much already yeah like because, my opinion is yeah. that if you were to release the movies alone and have some games sprinkled in there from EA, right? I think that would be enough. And also the TV shows. Like, that would be enough. That would be like Marvel, right? The mm. problem, that, why I think Marvel works and not uh, why I think Star Wars will be overwhelming is that the books are also tied into the same universe while and the books and the comics are tied into the same universe. So you always see like these, oh, there are comics and books coming out all the time. You just feel like you're missing stuff all the time and feel like you're not being caught up <laughs> on the universe. While with Marvel, it's just the movies and the TV shows are kind of not really that important, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah, I, I understand what they're aiming, at, aiming for. There's like one movie every year now and it's probably going to be at least one movie uh, every year for the following like 10 years or something yeah and that's that's i mean that's reasonable for the average viewer uh, that's like probably most people are not going to watch the tv series uh they're probably just going to watch maybe the movies in theaters yeah i mean one movie per year is i it's pretty okay but if you look at the complete pictures, it's insane how many things they're releasing. Yeah, exactly. I'm also kind of afraid it's going to have, like, the Halo 5 syndrome, where <laughs> uh, you have this, like, comic series on the side where you introduce all these mm. characters, and then all of a sudden they show up in the main games, and they don't give you any context about who they are. And I'm afraid yeah. that that's going to happen to Star Wars, where they've, like, introduced characters in, like, the comics and the books that no one reads um other than the super fans and then they show up as like mm. a ma as like major characters in like the new trilogy or something and you don't get any context of who they are you know yeah and and maybe they like like in the halo 5 uh pre-halo 5 comics there was like this weird thing where they kind of killed off the bad guy it's like yeah you know that bad guy from the last game that you you know you weren't sure if he was dead or not yeah, they made a comic to really, 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 like, confirm that he, he's dead. But he was alive, but now he's dead. Because there was this team of Spartans that killed him again. Yeah, it's like, why why did you make a comic yeah, why don't you just kill him? doing something so important? Yeah, just <laughs> let him be dead in the first place, if that's the case. Yeah. Well, yeah, 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 just quickly before we finish off. Uh, the show here. What do you think the the TV show will be? I'm really afraid it's just gonna be another like Marvel TV show, where it's just a bunch of corridors uh, with uh, with like uh, kung fu, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, we have had uh, Star Wars TV shows before, like you mentioned Rebels, right? Yeah, and Clone Wars. Uh, yeah, I hope it's something like that i have watched some episodes of them I yeah like the problem the problem there though is this, this is going to be a live action tv show 
an animated show, like oh. everything's made sort of from scratch. You can just make make everything, you know, right? But like the Star Wars okay. movies are, they have like these really expensive props, right? And yeah. I'm just kind of afraid that the TV series is not gonna have the same budget, so it's gonna feel extremely just not right. And yeah, I think something that TV series could do that I think would be really cool is the fact that it could actually be set in one location for the entire show. And mm. I think that could be really cool in the Star Wars universe, a universe where you just jump around planets all the time. Yeah, I, ho I hope they do that. I hope they, like, have a, a group of characters that, like, have their own adventures or what to say on their own planet or maybe a few planets. Instead of, of, instead of doing, like, some very big uh, series with a lot of story like keep it simple that that's what i would say yeah yeah i think because it, it, it there's a chance for them to actually make something different there right mm. just don't do what halo did don't do don't do like 500 different types of small series that are like not very interesting in like four or five episodes because or maybe it's only two episodes or something yeah, like, just make it a good series. Yeah, let's hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this uh, Disney streaming service will be really interesting. It's supposed to debut in the, in the United States in 2019, and then expand further after that. And, mm. like, yeah, they're in talks with Fox to actually, like, buy entertainment properties from them. So it's, there, there are rumors that this Disney service will be the exclusive place to watch things like The Simpsons. Like, that <laughs> okay. would be insane. Yeah. I mean, it's not really good for, for the viewer like us. I mean, the best thing for us would be if, like, maybe it was on Netflix or something. I, I suppose. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, I, I mean, it's competition. Competition is good. Yeah. Do you get me, or am I just like saying weird things? No, I. There's actually a lot of concern around the Fox Disney deal that um, that Disney is becoming too big. Mm. And um, yeah, like there's definitely definitely some some real concern there. Uh, yeah, because I mean, it's kind of like when you have Apple, Windows, and Google. It's kind of the same thing here, that when, when something becomes big enough, they want to make everything their own. They're like, we're going to have our own streaming service. And that means that you're not going to get a lot of things on the already available streaming services. They're probably going to be purchased by, uh, by, let's say, Disney. So instead of having to pay for HBO and Netflix, maybe now you have to pay for HBO, Netflix and Disney to be able yeah. to get the series you like to watch. Yeah, exactly. We uh, mm. we definitely don't need more streaming services, but <laughs> let's hope Disney streaming service is at least uh, one of the good ones. Right? Yeah. Like I hope it's more of a I hope it's more of a of a Netflix rather than an HBO because HBO I get and I watch uh, Game of Thrones and then I don't have it when Game of Thrones <laughs> is over. While Netflix is one of these uh, services that that it has so much good and varied varied content that. Um, um yeah you can just keep mm. it around all the time and spotify has just become like the 
obligatory music service that you have to have because it's just the best i mean it's just it's just the official streaming music service kind of yeah there's probably others out there but i mean <laughs> but yeah there's apple music <laughs> and uh, google play music but microsoft streaming service is dead now there's also services like tidal and pandora and stuff like that Spot- mm. spotify is basically definitely the biggest one but yeah, I think yeah. that is it for this episode of Rig Break Radio. Um, you can follow me at Dennis underscore Lofgren on Twitter. And uh, I'm going to promise you that I'm not going to be utilizing the entire the entirety of the new 280 character limits on Twitter. <laughs> uh, yeah, like speaking about that, like Twitter increased the character limit to 280 characters. And I have, so I have noticed that I do not read as many tweets anymore. Seriously, yep. the tweets that's, are just too that's long amazing. now. That the whole point of Twitter was to keep them short. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And it actually worked. <laughs> now that we know that you read less tweets when they are longer. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. So amazing. Uh yeah, uh yeah, you can also follow the channel on at Rebreak Radio. Um and with that, uh thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, share the video with your friends, and we'll see yes. you again uh, next week. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.